I was retained by the NAB to do an independent analysis of the four studies of FM receiver performance that were before the FCC as part of the low-power FM rulemaking. I prepared this CD at the NAB's request. The CD demonstrates the technical standards the FCC used in its recent rulemaking on low-power FM stations. On FCC Today, the podcast, we remember the NAB's big lie. FCC Extra! This is FCC Today, the podcast for Friday, November 5, 2021. This is the official podcast of REC Networks and normally provides news from the FCC, not just on radio broadcasting, but from across all the various services and industries that are regulated by the FCC. We invite you to check out our podcast at rec.podbean.com. Look for us on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Audible, and other places where you get your podcasts. It's also available on the REC websites at recnet.com, fccdata.org, and the podcast namesake, fcc.today. We do have an input line where you can uh, call or text and leave comments. We may even play uh, your messages um, on the future podcast. 202-963-0852. Again, that's area code 202-963-0852. Or you can email us at fcctoday at recnet.com. On today's podcast, we break away from the news and turn the clock back over 20 years ago. The year is 2000. The FCC is in the process of authorizing the new low-power FM radio service, and they made a very bold move that sparked major controversy that's still being felt to this day. In the original report and order, the FCC correctly determined that any interference from new LPFM radio stations to existing full-power FM radio stations on third adjacent channels would be minimal to non-existent. The National Association of Broadcasters, who has and still is waging a war against LPFM, prepared a compact disc that was distributed to members of Congress to demonstrate a simulation of what they feared radio would sound like if LPFM stations were permitted on the third adjacent channels of full-power FM stations. To do this, they demonstrated crosstalk by simply mixing the undesired audio source at a reduced level under the desired station. No actual radio frequency transmission was involved either in a lab environment or in the field through experimental authorization. The audio they provided to Congress simply does not happen in FM radio. On March 24, 2000, Dale Hatfield, then chief of the uh, commission's Office of Engineering and Technology, and Roy Stewart, who was then the chief of the Mass Media Bureau, called this CD demonstration misleading and wrong, stating that the audio does not portray actual interference that may be experienced and that any kind of adjacent channel interference would be only hissing as as opposed to audible speech and denies the the NAB's allegation that a 3% level of total harmonic distortion is acceptable by the FCC. As a result of the NAB's influence in banking on the fact that members of Congress are not broadcast engineers, um, the Radio Broadcast Preservation Act of 2000 was passed, resulting in the dismissal of hundreds 
of LPFM construction permit applications through the introduction of a third adjacent channel protection requirement, a requirement that was proven unnecessary in the mandated MITER study several years later and eventually removed in the Local Community Radio Act of 2010. On this FCC Extra, we bring you the NAB's Big Lie of 2000, the audio from the CD that was sent to members of Congress resulting in the Radio Broadcast Preservation Act of 2000. This is Chuck Jackson. I'm an electrical engineer with my own firm, JTC. I have experience at the FCC and have worked for more than 30 years in the electronics and communications industry. I earned my PhD in electrical engineering at MIT. I was retained by the NAB to do an independent analysis of the four studies of FM receiver performance that were before the FCC as part of the low-power FM rulemaking. I prepared this CD at the NAB's request. The CD demonstrates the technical standards the FCC used in its recent rulemaking on low-power FM stations. Specifically, the CD illustrates the impact of the changes in the existing interference protection standard that radio listeners currently enjoy. We digitally recorded the -the over-the-air radio signals of five popular stations in the Washington area. We then electronically added the types of interference that we project would be heard by listeners if new LPFM stations are licensed in this market. The levels of interference that we have added have been deemed by the Commission in its report and order to be acceptable to consumers. Said another way, the Commission feels that consumers would judge these modified radio station signals to be, quote, adequate, unquote, after the addition of these new interference levels. The interference we use is technically called crosstalk. In practical terms, crosstalk means you can hear the audio from another station in the background of the desired station. The first two levels of impairment or interference that we demonstrate are levels that the FCC's Office of Engineering and Technology classified as acceptable to listeners. The third and most extreme example of interference was deemed acceptable by the National Lawyers Guild study a study on which the FCC relied in its final report and order. Here is a brief cut from WAMU, a public broadcasting affiliate in Washington, D.C., run by American University. This was recorded off-air using a good quality consumer radio and illustrates the sound quality currently enjoyed by its listeners. Complete listing of open jams is on the hotline. The hotline is open anytime you call 202-885-1234 or 1-800-525-8338, or you can visit our homepage at www.wamu.org. Here is the radio station you just heard, but now with crosstalk at the level that would push performance of a Sony Walkman to the FCC's 1% test level. This 1% level is substantially better than the level the FCC deems the limit of consumer acceptance. The FCC says that this is a level of interference at which, quote, most listeners would not be able to perceive any degradation. See if you agree. Complete listing of open jams is on the hotline. The hotline is open anytime you call, 202-885-1234 or 1-800-525-8338. Or you can visit our homepage at www.wamu.org. The next segment shows crosstalk. Remember, that's the fancy word for interference. 
just below the FCC's 3% cutoff level. By way of explanation, the FCC in its report and order determined that levels of degradation or interference above 3% were unacceptable. Therefore, under the FCC's criteria, this signal is not impaired and this level of interference from an LPFM would be permitted. Judge for yourself whether this impairment to your favorite radio station would be acceptable. Complete listing of open jams is on the hotline. The hotline is open anytime you call, 202-885-1234 or 1-800-525-8338, or you can visit our... In our final example, we demonstrate crosstalk at the levels that the National Lawyers Guild study finds acceptable. Remember, this is one of the studies on which the FCC relied upon in its low-power order. The complete listing of open jams is on the hotline. The hotline is open anytime you call, 202-885-1234 or 1-800-525-8338. Or you can visit our homepage at www.wamu.org. As you can hear, the FCC standards permit considerable interference. The four brief audio segments you have just heard illustrate the basic point. I believe that these new FCC standards for acceptable audio quality are ones the average consumer would find intolerable. Yet these are the interference standards the FCC used to justify dropping third adjacent channel protection in its recent decision to license thousands of low-power FM stations. This CD continues with identical interference examples applied to other popular radio stations in Washington, D.C. Here is a cut from WGMS the number one classical station in the market. Now let's add crosstalk at the FCC's 1% level. Now let's add crosstalk just below the FCC's 3% level. Finally, here is WGMS at the level the National Lawyers Guild study would accept. The next example is WHUR, an urban format that is the number one station in the market. You helped me pick out tonight's triple play and everybody else that comes in with suggestions. Thank you. Well, the quiet storm. It sounds good. Now let's add crosstalk at the FCC's 1% level. You helped me pick out tonight's triple play and everybody else that comes in with suggestions. Thank you. Well, the quiet storm. It sounds good. Now let's add crosstalk just below the FCC's 3% level. You help me pick out tonight's triple play and everybody else that comes in with suggestions. Thank you. Well, the quiet storm. It sounds good. Finally, here is WHUR at a level the National Lawyers Guild study would accept. You help me pick out tonight's triple play and everybody else that comes in with suggestions. The fourth example is WJMO, a strong oldie station in the market. FCC.
FCC Today, the podcast was produced by REC Networks. Call or text us with your comments or questions at 202-963-0852. Email the podcast at FCCToday at RECnet.com. We'll be back on Monday for more news and views on things FCC from the mind of the Michi. Until then, please have a good weekend and stay safe. This is Michelle Bradley, CBT. Thanks for listening. R.E.C. R.E.C.